Hello everybody. Hey, Happy New Year to you. Well, actually I got to say Happy New Year to you on Sunday, but uh, this is the first Wednesday Bible study of the New Year, so I want to say Happy New Year again. And I'm looking forward to uh, our Wednesday evening Bible studies this, this coming year. I trust that uh, we're going to have some really, really good and rich times in the Word of God here on Wednesday evenings. Hey, uh, tonight what I want to do is, uh, first of all, I want to just encourage you to keep the nation in prayer, uh, particularly at this time. And uh, let's just, just pray that, uh, that the peace of God prevails and, uh, and that, uh, that, that ultimately uh, the will of the Lord be done. And, uh, and let's continue to uh, uh, walk in love and keep a good attitude, and, uh, and and also let's be sure that we keep God first. And uh, no matter what happens uh, or doesn't happen, let's always keep God first. And that actually uh, brings me into my message for this evening. And in fact, last uh, Sunday, I, I opened the year up. I felt at the direction of the Lord uh, teaching about uh, the importance of keeping God first on the first sermon of 2021, keeping God first. And uh, if you missed out on that message from last Sunday, you can go to our archives and find it. And I'd encourage you to do that uh, if, if, if you would like. And t I talked about the importance of you know keeping God first. And then I, I felt impressed of the Lord to, to just uh, issue a gentle warning to every Christian, uh, you know, uh, to not get into idolatry. And of course, what idolatry is, is when you let uh, other people or other things become more important to you than the Lord. And and so I talked about that all on uh, uh, last Sunday. Now, I kind of want to uh, kind of continue on with, with that uh, theme here this evening. And uh, since it's the first Wednesday of the new year, just want to talk about the importance of keeping God first. Uh, and just kind of, I guess this would be kind of a part two to my message from Sunday morning. Uh, you know, one thing I did want to say that I, I, I forgot to say last uh, Sunday, you know, uh, it's important that we don't put people uh, ahead of God, ahead of the Lord. And that's so easy to do. And, and the thing I forgot to say, I, I said that last Sunday, but the thing I forgot to say was this. People are not designed by God to be idols, okay? None of us are. Uh, we are designed as human beings not to receive worship, but rather to give worship unto to God. And when when people put other people up on pedestals and make idols out of them, uh, not only does it does it hurt the people, you know, who 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 make another person their idol, but it hurts the people that are idolized every bit as badly. Because again, people, human beings are not designed by God to receive worship, but rather to give worship unto the Lord. And when uh, when a person is put on a pedestal and they begin to be idolized by other human beings and worshiped by other human beings, it's a detriment to them because they're not designed for that. No human being is, as I've already said. And it, and it hurts that person that's being idolized. 
Uh, and, and all kinds of bad things can happen to them. And, you know, they can get, get into pride and, and, and begin to think more highly of them, themselves as more highly than they ought to think of themselves. And, and, you know, pride goes before a fall and a haughty spirit before destruction. And so when, 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 you know, if we put people up on a pedestal and they begin to receive our, adol- our adoration and our accolades and all of that, it can really be a detriment to those, those people, you know, and you've seen this in days gone by and decades gone by and, and whatnot with, uh, you know, uh, 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 celebrities, sports, you know, athletes, stars, movie stars, you know, who have been idolized by people and put up on a pedestal, uh, rock and roll singers, you know, whoever. And, uh, and those people are put up on a pedestal. They're idolized. You know, human beings begin worshiping them, you know, so to speak. And you've seen one right after another, uh, a movie star or celebrity or whatever who's been idolized, you, you, you know, you, there's just truckloads of them, of people like that who've been idolized, who've come to a, a terrible end, to, to, to great ruin. And so uh, let's just be cautious that we don't uh, idolize people. Now, we can honor people and look up to people. There's nothing wrong with that. The Bible says, give honor to whom honor is due. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about when we make idols out of other people, and they begin to receive our worship, it's not good for us and it's not good for them. And and again, as I've said, celebrities, sports stars and whatnot over the many, many years gone by, rock and roll stars, you know what I'm talking about. They've come to, so many of them have come to terrible ends because, you know, other people worshiping them. They get the big head or whatever. And like I said, people aren't designed to receive worship. They're designed by God to give worship to him. So let's just be cautious that we don't let anything become an idol to us. Let's don't put anyone or anything ahead of the Lord, okay? Now, I, I wanted to say that last Sunday, but 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 I just it slipped by me, so there I got it in tonight. But hey, tonight, um, let's just talk a little bit about, uh, well, actually what I want to do is, is how can you test yourself? How can you test yourself to see if uh, you're really keeping God first in your life? You know, I used to be a school teacher and, and, uh, I, I would like to, uh, give the students, uh, you know, pop quizzes, you know, and, uh, you know, a lot of times I'd give a pop quiz and, you know, everybody get all nervous and particularly in my, uh, my college classes when I taught college math, I'd give a pop quiz and, you know, uh, everybody get nervous. But then a lot of times I wouldn't even, even collect the, the quizzes. You know, I just say, okay, this was, you know, just a self quiz because, uh, I just wanted to have people sit there, my students sit there and, oh, they got a little nervous for a moment, but then when they saw I didn't collect the, the quiz, then they, you know, they were okay. But, but you can learn a lot from, from a, a, a test or a quiz. And a test is really, uh, uh, one of the greatest learning experiences of all is just taking a test and see what you know and you don't know. And so that's what we want to do tonight, a little pop quiz, a little, little self-test to see, to see if, uh, if we're really keeping God first in our lives. And, uh, the first thing is, how do we treat God's house? How do we treat his house? And when I say his house, I'm talking about the local church. How do we treat the local church? Now, I know that in this, in this past year, uh, with the COVID and all of that, and many churches have been closed, and, and so I understand all that. 
But, but as far as his house goes, let's first talk about attendance, church attendance. You know, uh, the Bible says that we shouldn't forsake the assembling of ourselves together. And again, like I said, with the COVID that's been going on throughout the country, it's understandable if people haven't been going to church, you know, uh, in physically in person. But, but let me ask you this. Have you been tuning in here regularly online? Uh, you know, uh, maybe you're not coming to Summit Church or wherever you might be, you know, you may attend church. You may not have been going there physically, but are you attending, you know, on the, the, uh, the, the social media, uh, out, outlets? Have you been watching those regularly? And hey, as this COVID, you know, we're, we're trusting that it'll diminish in the land as we go on in, into this year and so forth. That's what we're trusting for and, and the vaccine and all of that. And hey, when we get back to it, you know, uh, when, when, you know, everything gets hopefully back to normal, uh, whatever that is, uh, you know, will you be attending church regularly? You know, uh, not, not just watching it on, on the, uh, video or whatever, social media, but actually going in person. You know, it's important if you can. Now, if you can't understand, sometimes folks can't get out and they're shut in and, and it's understandable and thank God for the, you know, the television or the social media here. But if you can go, you, you really need to. You need to assemble with, with other believers. But how can we see a self-test if we're keeping God first? The first thing is, is check your church attendance. Have you been attending church regularly? I know in Acts, the 20th chapter in the seventh verse, it says on the first day of the week, when the disciples, see on the first day of the week, when the disciples came together to break bread, Paul, ready to depart the next day, spoke to them and continued his message until midnight. Now, I'm not going to preach till midnight, okay? But Paul did. And uh, uh, I think somebody fell asleep in this service. I think it was this one. And they fell, they fell down dead out of the third story. And Paul raised him from the dead. And he went on and continued preaching. So anyway, I'm not going to preach that long here this evening. But the point here is, is on the first day of the week. That, that's Sunday, okay? And, and I think that it's important. I've said this for many years, for ever since I've been pastoring, and before that, uh, and, and have done this before I was pastoring. Uh, first day of the week is, is the time to get up and go to the house of God. And uh, the first thing to do on the first day of the week, put God first. Now, we ought to keep him first the whole week long, but you see what I'm saying? The first day of the week you know, get up and go and assemble with other believers and worship the Lord the first day of the week. That, that like I said on Sunday, that's one of the, 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 the terrible things that I've seen in the United States over the last, you know, many, many years is that Sunday mornings have turned in for the most part for a lot of, a lot of Christians. They get up and they don't bring their kids to church on Sunday morning. They take them to, to sports. Now I'm all for sports. I'm all for having your kids involved in sports. Absolutely. That's good for them, you know, and it's good for you to be involved with them. That's great. But, but, you know, uh, somewhere we have to say, Hey, we're going to keep God first. And, you know, Sunday morning we get up and we go to the house of God, take our children with us. You know, that, that's, I, I just, I just feel strongly about that, you know, and, uh, uh, you know what? If, if Christians would, would just say, Hey, to, you know, to the, to the sports, uh, authorities or wherever in their local areas to say, hey, our kids aren't going to be there on Sunday mornings. We're going to church. I think you'd see, I think you'd see that they'd stop having those, uh, 
those those things for kids on Sunday mornings and they'd reschedule them for other times of the week, which which is great. I was involved in sports, you know, as, as a kid and it's great, but Sunday morning, no, 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 that's time we set aside for the Lord, okay? First thing we do, first day of the week is we go to church, take our kids with us, okay? So that's how one way we can test to see if, we, if we're keeping God first is do we keep his house first? Is first thing we do on Sunday morning is do we go to the house of God? Um, and here's another uh, passage of scripture. It's in, in the book of Haggai. Now that's in the Old Testament. He was a, a prophet in the Old Testament, H-A-G-G-A-I. And you can look this up. I'm going to read several verses here um, from chapter one of Haggai. I'm going to start in verse three and read out of the New Living Translation. And uh, let's let's see what uh, let's see what these people did. Let's see if they kept the, the house of God first. Then the Lord sent His message through the prophet Haggai, and He asked him a question. The Lord asked these people a question through Haggai: Why are you living in luxurious luxurious houses while my house lies in ruins? Now that's the Lord is asking that question to the people. Now now look, if you study the entirety of the Bible, God has no problem with us having nice homes. Okay, the problem is is that if we have luxurious houses and we neglect his house. That's where the problem comes in. You know, I learned a long time ago, if I'll take care of the house of God, he'll take care of my house. But these people weren't doing that. They they were living in luxurious houses and, and they let they let the house of God lie in ruins. And verse five, this is what, what the Lord says. Look at what's happening to you. You have planted much, but harvest little. You eat, but are not satisfied. You drink, but are still thirsty. You put on clothes but cannot keep warm. Your wages disappear as though you were putting them in pockets filled with holes. Wow. See, that's what happens to people that don't keep the house of God first. Now, they had luxurious homes, but it looks like things were, you know, the wheels were coming off the wagon here uh, because they weren't keeping the house of God first. So this is what the Lord says. Look at what's happening to you. He says, go up to the hills, bring down timber, rebuild my house. Then I will take pleasure in it and be honored, says the Lord. You hoped for rich harvests, but they were poor. And when you brought your harvest home, I blew it away. We don't want God doing that. Why? Because my house lies in ruin. See, they were neglecting the house of God. Uh, and then he goes on here, while all of you are busy building your own fine houses. Again, God doesn't have a problem with us having fine houses. He wants to bless us. The Bible says he takes pleasure at the prosperity of his servant. He just doesn't want us to put our houses ahead of his. There's idolatry again, isn't it? I, I've watched this too, where people put their house ahead of the Lord. You know, this, this, you know what I'm saying? Their, their houses can become a God to them and where they live and, 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 you know, nothing wrong with taking care of your house. We got to do that. We need to do that. But we shouldn't let our house be more important to us than the Lord, okay? Or than the Lord's house. This is what these people were doing. And, uh, uh, and it looked like they were doing okay, but it looks like, like they're not going to be doing okay for long because the Lord's going to blow, blowing away with what comes in because they're not taking care of his house. It's be, and then verse 10, it's because, uh, of you that the, Heavens withhold the dew and the earth produces no crops. I have called for a drought on your fields and hills. Uh-oh. See, now they were going along fine for a while there, but God's warning them. And if they don't repent, he's <laughs> drought's coming. 
He said, a drought to wither the grain, the grapes, the olive trees, and all your other crops. A drought to starve you and your livestock and to ruin everything that you have worked so hard to get. Now think about that. Now that's not the will of God. That's not what he wants to do. But listen, I warned you Sunday, you know, if we, if we get into idolatry and we got to be watchful because the flesh, you know, it's a work of the flesh. But if we get over into idolatry, you know, you know, God's gracious. He'll give us time to repent. He'll warn us. But if we don't straighten it up, man, it'll draw the judgment of God eventually in the process of time. So these people here in the book of Haggai, they were not keeping the house of God first. So, uh, so are we keeping the house of God first place in our life? I mean, that a self test, you know, a lot of people will say, Oh, well, God's first in my life. Well, if he is, then you'll be keeping his house first. Your, your attendance will, will, will be there at the house of God and, and you'll be attending regularly and you'll, you'll, you'll be serving in the house of God in some way or, you, you know, you, you'll be keeping that, you'll be involved in some way in the house of God. It's not enough just to say, oh, well, God's, God's first in my life. Well, well, if he is, then there'll be some evidences of it. One evidence, remember, this is a self-test now. <laughs> One evidence is, are you, are you keeping his house first? Okay. And then, uh, not only that, but here's a, here's another, here's a second question on the self test pop quiz. Not only are you attending his house, but are you supporting his house? Uh, you know, and, and this is one of the biggest, the biggest, uh, uh, tests of all is the attendance and then, and then finances. Now, if you followed my ministry over the many years, you know I say very little about finances. I, I, I really don't. I, I ought to say more about it than what I do. I've just seen such abuses of it over the years by, by ministers and watching ministers build money out of people that I just, I just, I, I, I don't want to take advantage and I haven't ever taken advantage of anybody uh, financially, you know, I just, I just haven't. And I'm not going to. I ought to say more about money than what I do, but I, but I, I will mention it here this evening that if you're not supporting the house of God financially, okay, then you're not, that, that's, that's a telltale sign that God isn't first place in your life. Uh, you, you really need look no further than your checkbook to see, uh, to see what is first place in your life. You know, uh, uh, the Lord said, Jesus said, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And so, uh, your money will follow your heart. And so where, wherever your heart is, that's where you're going to be putting your money. Okay. And so if your heart is really in the house of God, you'll, you'll be supporting it. And you won't just be, be, you know, tipping it. You'll be, you know, significantly supporting the house of the Lord. Uh, in Proverbs chapter three, we start talking about money. That's where, that's where the rubber hits the road right there is, is uh, that's probably the, the best way we can see along with our church attendance is, are we keeping God first? You know, uh, the old saying, you know, put your money where your mouth is. And, and it's so true. I mean, I've watched it over the years. It applies to me as well as you, where we put our money. That's where our money will follow our heart. If our heart is in the, in, in the things of God, our attendance will be 
at the house of God. Now, we're not going to be at every service all the time. I'm not saying that. But, but we're going to be actively attending the house of God. And we're going to be consistently, regularly supporting the house of God, not only with our service, but also with our finances. And it's a test to see if you're keeping God first. Now, in Proverbs 3, verse 9, the Bible says, Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase. With the first fruits of all your increase. Now, you know, we could say much about what the first fruits are, and I could teach a whole lesson on it, but, but just simply put here, I'm of the opinion, as you look at first fruits, particularly as you bring it into the New Testament and look at it in the New Testament, I think that what it has to do with the, the, the first part of your increase. Okay, the first part of your increase. Anytime you're increased, then the first part of that should go to the Lord. And then when you look at some other scriptures in the Bible, it brings up the word tithe, tithing, which means a tenth. And really, you know, you see tithing throughout the entirety of the Bible. And, you know, people want to argue is, you know, they'll say, well, tithing was in the law, but and it was, and it was. nobody argues that, but but they'll say, well, does it apply to us in the New Testament? But actually, tithing was before the law. You can see it, the principle of it, in the Garden of Eden. When, you know, that, that tree of the knowledge of good and evil, they could, they could, Adam and Eve could eat of all the other trees, but that one tree, you don't, don't eat of it. So you see that principle there. And, and you see, you, you see the, the principle of tithing throughout the, 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 uh, really the entirety of the, the Bible. You see it, uh, well, actually when the, the, the people of God, remember when they took, when Joshua took Jericho and God said all of the, 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 uh, spoil or all the, the money, all the, the things that were in the treasure of Jericho went into the treasury of the Lord. But then he said all the other cities, the people could, could take the spoil or the, the treasury from all the other cities. But that first one belonged to God. And remember when Achan, went in and he took, he, he, he stole some, you see, the Bible says if we don't tithe, God sees us as a, as a thief. Remember in the book of Malachi, the last book of the Old Testament, it, it, God asked the question, will a man rob God? And then he said, how did, how did we rob you, Lord? He says in tithes and offerings. And so if we won't be faithful to tithe, give the first tenth of our increase to the Lord, God sees us as a thief and a robber. Now think about that. And, uh, and, and, and there in Jericho, God wanted everything from Jericho. All the other cities, the people of God got to keep all the, 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 the spoil of all the other cities. But Jericho, that first city, that went to the Lord. And Achan, remember, came in and he, he stole. He, he took the, the, the Bible calls it the accursed things. Because you see, all was to go in the treasury of the Lord. Achan took some of the, some of the Babylonian garments, some other things, some gold or whatever it was, and he hid it under his own tent. It became a curse, not only to him, cost him his life. But it, it but remember, uh, the people of God couldn't stand against that next smaller city, AI. And until they got that tithing thing straightened up, they weren't going to go any further. I, I've, I've no, noticed this over the years. The tithe is marked as a blessing or a curse. It just is because it belongs to God. And uh, I, I've said this for years. I'd rather have a blessed 90% than a cursed 100%. And so uh, I like to say it this way too, uh, you know, uh, if we don't give God what's his, the devil's going to get what's yours. 
And you think about it, it all belongs to God. He's allowing us to keep 90. He just requires 10%. That's a good deal. Okay? But a lot of people just won't, won't, won't give him the 10. And really it comes down to a matter of faith, a matter of trust. It, it, you know what I mean? If we're really trusting God, that's what the tithe is really all about. It's trusting. The tithe makes no sense to the, to the, to the, to the brain. As a math teacher, a former math teacher, it makes no sense mathematically. But it just doesn't. How you could give away 10% and increase. But the Bible says, let me read this here. He says, honor the Lord. This is Proverbs 3, 9. Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase. I believe that's the first tenth. The first 10% of all of our increase. That's what I believe. Uh, you see, you see tithing. You see it in the New Testament. You see it in the book of Hebrews. Actually, you go in the book of Hebrews and, and it brings out how it says here, men receive, men who die, you know, ministers receive tithes. But there in heaven, Jesus receives tithes. And actually, you study into it, you'll see that when we bring the tithe to the house of God and we place it in the offering basket, in the spirit realm, Jesus takes it. Now, I don't know how it all works. I'm just telling you what the Bible says. He takes it before the Heavenly Father and worships the Heavenly Father with it on our behalf. I mean, it, it's, it, it's a powerful thing. But you see tithing in the New Testament. You see it throughout the entirety of the Bible. And, and, and it's all about, will we trust God or not? And he says right here in Proverbs 3, 9, honor the Lord with your possessions, with the first fruits of all your increase. And then and notice what happens. So your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. Or that, that's talking about abundance. And you can read in other passages of the scripture, like in the book of Malachi, if we're faithful to, to bring our tithes and offerings unto the Lord. You know, the tithe is the, is the, is the first tenth. First tenth. Not the last tenth. First tenth. Okay. And then anything beyond the tithe becomes an offering. And if we'll bring our tithes and offerings to the Lord, the book of Malachi says God will open the windows of heaven and pour us out a blessing. We won't have room enough to receive it. Just think about that. Okay. But, but you got to be faithful. See, a lot of people, they want to tithe one time and then see all these blessings happen to them. And it doesn't work that way. Here's how it works. You be, you start tithing. Okay. And, and there was a day that I wasn't a tither. I was a tipper. And I sat in the church week in, week out. And the offering basket would go by and I'd tip. Just put in a little tip. And I was making decent money as a teacher. First year teacher. Not as much as I'd like to have been making back in 1987. But I was making decent money and the offering basket would go by and I just, you know, bear, wasn't even a decent tip. And, and I'm just telling you what happened. The Lord right on the inside called me. He, he called me a freeloader. <laughs> the Lord did. I mean, just right on the inside. I, you know, it got my attention and, and he told me, he said to me, he said, you're sitting here taking up this nice air conditioning and these lights and all that and you're not doing your part. And well, anyway, it got my attention. I started tithing, tithe from that day to this. And me and my wife, and you know what? God's met all of our needs, and He's not only met all our needs, but He's run run us over and blessed us. And uh, I remember when we went to Bible school. I tell you what, we we got married back in 1989, and the Lord directed. Now, don't do this unless the Lord tells you to do it. But He directed us to quit our jobs and go go to Tulsa, Oklahoma, and go to Bible school. And I, I mean, in the natural, I mean, it it none of that made any sense. 
and, uh, uh, and, and certainly tithing made no sense then because, I mean, we needed every last penny that came in. But you know what? I'm just giving you a testimony, not to build me and my wife up, but just a testimony that, that this works. And we were faithful to tithe and, and we did that. And, and you know what? I mean, I, I still, I still don't know how it all worked, but, but we always had a, a sufficient supply to, to meet our bills, to make our rent, to get through. And, uh, and, and, and we came back, we came back from Oklahoma and, and, uh, there was not very much left in the checkbook. I tell you what, it was, it was low, but you know what? You know, my checkbook has never dipped negative. Praise God. It not, not in the church, not in personal, not all these years. You know, I, th- I thank God for that. Never, I mean, it's been close to zero, but it, but we got back, never gone under negative, you know, but we got back from Oklahoma and we were low, but hey, then God started opening up, opening up doors for me to get jobs and my wife a job and, and we continued tithing right on through it and, and God's blessed us up to the, up to the moment here. And so, so hey, it, it, it works, but, uh, uh, somebody said, well, I just can't afford to tithe. Well, what did somebody else said, you can't afford not to, you know, now again, I, I'm, not, I'm not trying to get your money. I'm, I'm, I'm doing just fine, you know, but I am telling you that if you want to keep God first, you're going to have to keep him first, not only in church attendance, but you're going to have to, you know, keep him first. Hey, keep him first in prayer. Keep him first in your volunteering at the church. Keep him first, you know, with the money. Okay. And, uh, it's it just, it just, that's just the way it is, guys. Okay. That's what the Bible says. And, uh, well, I got it kind of got off my notes here, but, uh, I, I trust I'm making some sense. Uh, here's, here's something else I, that I see here in my notes. Um, Abel, remember Cain and Abel, you know, Adam and Eve, they had Cain and Abel. And then remember Cain and Abel brought offerings to the Lord. And, you know, Cain brought of the fruit of the ground and, Abel brought his first and his best, uh, 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 lamb to the Lord. And I could teach hours on this, but here's the thing in Genesis 4 verse 3. Genesis 4 verse 3. That's why I said a while ago, the first and the best. We need to give God our first and our best. This is a, a test. How, how you can see if you're keeping God first. Are you going to give God your first and your best? And, uh, it's all a matter of faith. See, people that don't have faith cannot possibly give God their first and their best. You know, you know how you can tell if money has a hold of you? You know how you can tell if it's got a hold on you? It, it is if nothing wrong with us having money. It's wrong when money has us, see? And you know how you can tell if money has a, has a hold on you? Is if you can't release it when the Lord directs you to. Now, I didn't say when a minister directs you to. I said when the Lord, Jesus, directs you to. Right on the inside, just between you and him, when he directs you to give it away and you can't do it, then money has a hold on you that it should not ought to have. Okay? It's just, just, just as simple as that. And, and, and look, God requires our first and our best. Hey, he gave us his first and his best. He gave us Jesus. Right? His only begotten son not only his first but his only and and of course his best you can't you can't do better than jesus god gave us his son least we can do is give god our first and our best like abel here look let let me read genesis 4 verse 3 and in the process of time it came to pass that cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground to the lord abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat that just meant it was his first and his best 
See, Cain didn't do that. Now, could teach hours on this, but just keep it brief here. Cain didn't bring God his first and his best. He brought him an offering. Did you know God doesn't receive all offerings? Did you know that? <laughs> he just doesn't. We'll see that more here in just a moment. I'm going to read something to you that I think will astound you. But God doesn't receive all offerings. Absolutely he doesn't. And I could teach an hour or so on that. <laughs> but but uh, he receives it when it's our first and our best. And Cain didn't bring his first and his best. Uh, but but Abel did. And then in verse 5, it says that, well, here it is, that God did not respect Cain and his offering. And Cain was angry and his countenance fell and all of that. But you see, because God didn't accept his offering because it wasn't his first and his best. And you can read in the book of Hebrews and see that Cain did not offer his in faith, but Abel did. You see, it takes faith. Now you just think about this and you know this as well as I do. It takes faith to offer God your first and your best, your first and your best. You know, it takes no faith to give God junk, J-U-N-K. It takes no faith to give him junk, okay? It takes no faith to give him, really think about it, it, it takes no faith to give God things that don't cost us anything or that doesn't, that, how do I want to say it? I mean, if we've got, let me put it this way, if we've got uh, you know, uh, $10,000 in the bank, it doesn't take much faith to give God a dollar, right? But if God asks us to give, you know, I don't know, pick a number, 10,000 in the bank. I mean, everybody's different, but you know, if you had, if all you had was 10,000 in the bank, you know, and that, that ain't bad having that, you know, and, uh, and God said, well, give, give 4,000 of it away. I mean, now all of a sudden now, you know, that's going to take more faith, isn't it? You get what I'm saying? So, so it, it takes faith is what I'm trying to say to give, uh, God our first and our best. And if we're not willing to do that, then it's a, it's a sure telltale sign that God's not first in our life. And so Abel gave his first and his best. And so, uh, but, but speaking of that, let's go to Malachi. Now that's the last book in the Old Testament. Let's go to Malachi. And normally when a preacher says, turn to Malachi, they'll go to the, I think it's in chapter three that talks about bring the tithe into the storehouse. And by the way, since I said storehouse, people a lot of times ask me, well, where do I, where do I put the tithe? Well, I believe you put your tithe where you're being fed spiritually. And that would be, you know, where your local church, God said, bring all the tithe into the storehouse. I believe that to be the local church where you attend regularly, where you're being fed by that pastor that God has, has given you. Okay. And, uh, but certainly, you know, beyond that, you know, we get into the offering after the tithe and, you know, bless other ministers, certainly. And, you know, traveling ministers, television ministers that are good ones. And, uh, you know, other ministers, missionaries, there's just, uh, uh, many, many, many good ministers in the world that, to, that, that need help and that we ought to, we ought to, you know, seek the Lord and find, seek the Lord, find out who he wants you to, to help and, but I, I believe the tithe is, this is just what I, I personally believe. The tithe ought to go into the local church that you attend regularly and, and then give out, you know, uh, as the Lord would direct you beyond that. But, you know, you know, uh, much can be said about, you know, you can go in and look in the Old Testament and it'll talk about different places to put the tithe. I'm not going to get in, in all that this evening, but, uh, the important thing is, is that whatever you're doing, you, you give, give, give the first tenth to the work of God. 
Okay, that's that's fair enough. And you seek the Lord, you find out where you're supposed to give that and put that and then do it and do it with a good and a right heart and uh, give God your first and your best. And, and, and if it's your first and your best, you'll be giving it in faith, you know, <laughs> and uh, he'll open the windows of heaven and he'll pour you out a blessing. You won't have room enough to receive it. But anyway, speaking of the first and the best, Malachi, I'm not going to go to chapter three and talk about the tithe. Let's look about, let's look at Malachi, the first chapter, and let's look, look at first and best here. <laughs> Do you know that people give God junk? Did you know that junk? I'm talking J-U-N-K. <laughs> I said, people will do that. Uh, and, and we shouldn't give God junk, okay? Uh, you know, if we talk about, you know, and I've never had any of these that I can remember over the years, you know, because a lot of times pastors will have uh, bake sales or, or fried chicken sales or bingo or this or that. You don't support the work of God with, with chicken sales, bingo, uh, raffles, you know, you don't support the work of God with that. You the the work of God, the church of God is supported by the tithe. You know, and, and you know, we didn't have to kill one chicken and have one chicken dinner to get Summit Church out of debt. It was, you know, and we've run it. We've we've run in a po a positive bank account all these years because, you know, God's been faithful to send us people who are tithers and givers and. And, 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 and it's just, it's just been a blessing. I've had to say very little about money and it's just, it's just, it just is a blessing. But here's the thing. A lot of, a lot of churches that I'm aware of, you know, you'll, they'll say, well, we're going to have a, we're going to have a, 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 a raffle. Now there's been times we have had some of these fundraisers and, and raffles and things. we have done those, but when we do them, we don't do it to, to go into the uh, general fund. We do it for missions or, you know things like that, not not to support the local the, the local budget, okay? But but you say, well, let, we're going to have a raffle here, and let's let's everybody bring something we're going to get give, give. And you know, again and again, you'll see people they'll bring their junk. <laughs> and I'm not just I'm talking about churches that I've seen throughout the spectrum over decades. I wonder what 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 would would it. I think it would impress God if we were going to have such a thing. If you went out and maybe bought you bought an expensive coat at Macy's or something, and brand new, you know, or wherever you might go, I don't know, and bring, you know, you might go to Saks Fifth Avenue, I don't know, and buy it. I got some expensive coats over there, but buy something like that and bring it to give it to God. Now, see, that's where you're, you know, that it's it's not the money. It's the heart that God looks at, but but if you're just bringing God junk, that don't take no that, that don't take no faith. That's not good English, but you got what I'm saying. But when we give God something that costs us something, I, I wasn't it David that the, I, there was a piece of ground. I think I, I I don't remember right now, but he just putting in my own words. He he made the statement. He said, "I'm not going to give the Lord that which costs me nothing," and I think he went and bought it, paid top dollar for it or something or other, and gave it to the Lord or dedicated it to the Lord. You get what I'm saying? I mean, you want to, you want God to bless you financially? Just grab a hold of some of these things that I'm talking about here tonight, things my wife and I have done for years, and uh, and he'll just bless your socks off financially. He, he, he really will. But look at this. I'm trying to get to Malachi 1 verse 6. Look at this. Uh, New Living Translation. This is what the Lord says to the priests. 
The, uh, says the son honors his father and a servant respects his master. And he says, if I am your father and master, where are the honor and respect I deserve? Now, this is the Lord talking to these priests. You have shown contempt for my name, but you ask, how have we ever shown contempt for your name? You have shown contempt by offering defiled sacrifices on my altar. Then you ask, how have we defiled the sacrifices? You defile them by saying the altar of the Lord deserves no respect. Uh, when you give blood... No. <laughs> When you give blind animals as sacrifices, isn't that wrong? And isn't it wrong to offer animals that are crippled and diseased? That'd be like giving a coat that's got holes in it, you know, or giving a pair of jeans that got, well, I was going to say giving a pair of jeans that got holes in it. But these days you go to Macy's and you have to pay top dollar for jeans with holes in them. I've never seen anything quite like it. But uh, but anyway, it'd be like giving giving an old coat away with mothballs in it and moth eaten, and you know God doesn't want that. He's not going to accept that. You know, you're going to give something to the house of God. Give a coat. You know, give 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 something good. See what I'm saying? And that's what these people were given. They were given animals that were were let's see, uh, crippled and diseased. And then God says, try giving gifts like that to your governor. See, we wouldn't give the governor or the president, you know, if we're going to give give a, a, a top politician something, we're not going to give a top politician a piece of junk, are we? We're going to give them the best we can do, right? But yet people turn around and give God junk. That's what they were doing here. And, and, and God said, try giving gifts like that to your governor and see how pleased he is, says the Lord. Go ahead, beg God to be merciful to you. But when you bring that kind of offering, why should he show you any favor at all? And then verse 10, how I wish one of you would shut the temple doors so that these worthless sacrifices could not be offered. These people were not keeping God first. They were giving him all the diseased animals, you know, blind animals, I guess. I don't know if it said blind. I'd have to go back and read it again, but crippled and just the junk animals. God's not going to accept that. And he was, he said, he said, just, I'm going to shut the, shut the, shut the doors. I don't want those kind of offerings. He says, I'm not pleased with you, says the Lord. I will not excel. He says, I will not accept your offerings in verse 10. My goodness. So see, God, there's some offerings God won't accept. He said, but my name is honored by people of other nations from morning till night. All around the world, they offer sweet incense and pure offerings in honor of my name. For my name is great among the nations, says the Lord. But you dishonor my name with your actions. See, it's not enough to honor him with our words. We have to honor him with our actions. He said, you dishonor my name with your actions by bringing contemptible food. You're saying it's all right to defile the Lord's table. You say it's too hard to serve the Lord. And you turn up your noses at my command, says the Lord. Think of it. Animals that are stolen and crippled and sick. Think about that. If you're bringing something to the church I'm on the coat thing, let's say you went and stole a coat and came and gave it to the Lord. He's not going to accept that. That's what these people were doing. They were stealing animals on their way over to the temple and offering that crippled and so forth. He says, think of it, animals that are stolen and crippled and sick are being presented as offerings. Should I accept from you such offerings as these, says the Lord? Cursed is the cheat who promises to give a fine ram from his flock, but then sacrifices a defective one to the Lord. See, oh yeah, Lord, we're going to give you our first and best, but then when it comes down to it, we're giving him the, our last and worst. <laughs> you know, it, it, you know, I'm laughing here, but I mean, it's 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 not funny. It's it just isn't funny. It's very sad and it's very serious. And lots of people, Christians, do this to the Lord. They treat God like this. 
And then they wonder why their needs are never met. They wonder why they never have enough to, to make it and get along. So there's no, really no joke in here. It's, it's a contemptible thing to God. It's not okay. God deserves our first and he deserves our best. Okay. And, uh, and we ought to give that to him and, uh, you know, that's it. But it's, but he's so good. He says if we'll do that, he'll open the windows of heaven and bless us. So, you know, like I said, I'm laughing here about it, but it's not funny. It really isn't. It's, it's, and I feel corrected to the Lord here. It's really not funny. It shouldn't be made a joke of. And I wasn't making a joke of it, but I don't want it to come across to you like it's, you know, I guess I've just seen it, seen it over the years, you know, and we, we got good people at Summit. I'm not talking about that, but over the years, even at other churches and things you, you read about, see on television and just being around this for so long, I've watched people do all kinds of things. And like I said, there was a day I did it myself, but it's really, it's not funny. It's, it's a serious thing. God should not be given our junk. If he's really first in our life, he should get our first and our best. And, uh, you know, and, and I've watched, I've watched people over the years, you know, just different ones, you know, just, they, they just, they just, they don't, they don't, you know, don't give God anything. And, you know, I seldom talk like this. I am going to say this. I have seen some people over the decades where they'll come to church and, uh, and, and, uh, well, I don't, I don't look at what people give and, and that sort of thing, but, but, you know, running the finances and looking at that, you know, it's hard not to see that. And, and, uh, I've seen people over the years that come to church and, 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 and put hardly nothing in or nothing. Yet they want to sit there and partake of the messages and the, the different aspects of the church. How do you think the church runs? You know, well, Praise God. Summit Church has run supernaturally for 26 years. And, uh, and, and I'm thankful for that. God has provided. But, uh, but I tell you what, let's, let's, let's don't be, let's don't be freeloaders like I once was. Let's don't just be tippers and bad tippers at that. Let's be tithers. Let's be givers. Let's be generous. Let's give our first and our best. Let's keep God first. And I tell you what, there's an old saying that says, you can't outgive God. And I tell you what, it is the truth. Okay, so let's don't give him our junk. Hey, let's, let's close with this. How much time do, okay. Well, uh, I'll, I'll just, uh, if you go to 1 Kings 17, I'll just close by paraphrasing this rather than reading it for the sake of time. But remember Elijah the prophet, there was a, a, a he had called for a drought in the land at the direction of the Lord. And there was a drought on and he was at the, uh, at that uh, river, and uh, uh, it dried up, and God sent him to Zarephath, and uh, he said, God told him, I've got a widow over there that's going to provide for you, and when he gets over there, Elijah gets over there, uh, now, now think about this, there's a, there's a, there's a famine, and, and God's going to use a widow, and when Elijah gets over there, this widow, he sees she, 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 has, she has hardly anything, See, we're, you gotta remember who we're dealing with. We're dealing with God. Now you'd have thought that in the natural sea that God would send Elijah to a rich person. But God didn't send Elijah to a rich person. Sent him, you know, that had a lot of money. He, God sent this prophet over to this widow's house. See, God doesn't do things that make sense in the natural. He just, he just doesn't. 
you know, I've learned this over the years. God can provide to the most uh, unusual sources. And in the midst of some of the most unusual circumstances, and when you think that there's no way that, that God could use that to bless, and he does. And, and things that he gets done and you're scratching your head, how did, how, how did he do that? Well, he's God. And he sends Elijah to the widow. And, 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 and he says, uh, you know, basically he finds out that, that now there's a famine going on that she doesn't have, she don't, she don't have hardly any food. Almost none. And, and, and what little she has, she says she's going to go in and just make a little for her and her son, eat it and die. <laughs> and then God tells her, or Elijah, who's God's representative, tells her, hey, go in there and make some food up. I'm putting it in my own words, but bring me a little cake first, first. Now you see, if you don't know God, if you don't know how he operates, You'll think, well, this preacher here, and sad to say there's a lot, I wish I didn't have to say this, but there's a lot of preachers on media that are just trying to get your money, okay? Find one that's not just trying to get your money. Find one that's trying to bless you, okay? And support that those people. And there's a lot of good ones like that out there too. But he says, bring me some food first, F-I-R-S-T first. And, and so she did that, and see, she brought this man of God who was a representative of God and he had given the word of the Lord and she does what he says and brings him uh, some food first. And that took faith. It took faith because there's her little son and she's going to give this food which she wanted to give to her son to the man of God. See, but God was in it. Now, if God's not in it, <laughs> you don't... You know, don't want to be in on this deal, but God's in it. And she it took faith and she gave it to the man of God first. Took faith because there's her child starving now. You know, he needs, he needs some food. Gives it first. And the Bible says that uh, the bin of flour was not used up and the jar of oil that she took out of did not run dry and, and, and there, they had enough food to eat. Now, this was the last that she had, but she kept God first and, and gave to, to his representative first. And, and, and they had, they had enough to eat for quite some time. As a result, supernatural provision. See, if you keep God first, then they had enough to eat for many, 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 many days. See, isn't that something? But it's just a matter of keeping God first. And there it is. It took faith for her to, to bring him this this food to bring it to him first. So hey, I I I I think I've said some things here tonight that 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 should have blessed you greatly. Like I said, I seldom talk about money, but I'm not going to apologize for it because I think I said some things. I know I said some things that if you'll apply them in your life, uh, now it won't happen overnight. But if you'll apply these things in your life regularly over time, I tell you what, you'll get to the point where where where. <laughs> God will, he will, you'll, you'll I tell you what, you, you, now look, you got to do, I'm talking the spiritual side of finances here tonight, or a lot of things I said, there's a natural side too, I didn't talk much about that, really not at all about that tonight, but you got to work hard, you got to be a good budgeter and all that, but if you put that together with this spiritual side of keeping God first, I tell you what, like one good preacher says, the natural and the supernatural come together, it makes an explosive force for God. And so, but hey, some of the spiritual things tonight I shared with you. And and so, hey, 
Are you keeping God first? Are you keeping him first in your uh, uh, attendance and church involvement? Are you keeping him first in the in the tithe and the offering? And So just test yourself. If you are, hey, I commend you. If you're not, hey, repent and straighten it up. And hey, God will bless you. Okay, hey, we'll see you Sunday. Uh, uh, God bless you and bye-bye.